I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. We'll just wait for someone to get here, I guess. Uh, that was quite a game, huh? All right, well, let's just get started. Uh, hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Uh, it was – that was almost a hockey game, I guess. I'm going to try to uh, figure out how to share this link here on the old on the old Twitter, and then we uh, we can get started for real. Let me see if this will take you there. Is this the right link? Should be, right? Can I watch myself while I do it? That would be so weird. Well, it takes people to there, so I did as best as I can do. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Uh, so that was almost a hockey game, I guess. Uh, the Flyers lost 3 to nothing, so they avoided the uh, back-to-back 1-0 losses, I guess, I guess you can take the silver lining away from that, giving up the uh, giving up the two empty netters there. But Jesus, this team cannot score. I just I have I I had a couple of notes about things, and it just became obvious early how this game was gonna go. Um, I was encouraged early by uh, what I saw out of the Wayne Simmons line. I thought his shift where he drew a penalty and. Uh, early in the first, and his first couple of shifts um, with the wheel and Weiss line were encouraging. But after, I don't know, one, two, maybe three shifts, they disappeared. Uh, it, 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 it's just a it's just a one-line team right now. The, uh, the honeybees, if we're going to call them that, I guess, uh, still kind of do what they do, but they are just, they're just unable to score. And at least they, they spend a little bit of time in the offensive zone now and then. Uh, the, the, uh, the wheel line and the Philpola lines are just absolutely freaking invisible out there. Uh, and I will throw a little bit of blame at the, uh, at the top line. You could try to help the secondary scoring by moving, um, by moving the Giroux, Couturier, Voracek line around a little bit. But um, you can't because they're one of the best lines in hockey. However, this is two games in a row where you get shut out. You need your best players to be your best players. And uh, if, they're gonna, if there's going to be the case made that that line is too good to break up, then they have to continue to produce. They can't get shut out on back-to-back nights. Again, scoring has to come down to more than, you know, your basically top power play unit. Um, but some blame can be placed on them. They need to convert. They need to make plays too. But when the middle six is just useless, they do nothing. Uh, that's And that's what it all comes like. The Proverov bad turnover on the opening goal – uh, Stahl had the second effort to make the steal. Uh, they gave up one goal, essentially. Uh, you know, 
before the two empty netters. So I can't get too crazy on that. However, I will say, because uh, both Charlie and Dave Isaac pointed out during the game how good uh, Minnesota is is at getting a stick-on-stick and stick-on-pucks to thwart scoring chances. Um, The Flyers were on the verge of creating some good chances and uh, several times throughout the game, good chances in the slot, had the puck in a good area, and either the pass got tipped or the shot got deflected. Something happened that uh, Minnesota was able to stifle the offense uh, when the Flyers were able to, you know, get a look, just one look and every time. And you look at that first goal that I believe Niederreiter scored, um, you have two guys standing around him. Uh, you have uh, you have Haig in front, and he's just kind of lunging, reaching, not really moving his feet uh, to get into the shooting lane to take to nullify the stick. And he had a forward coming back on him who didn't make a move to attack the stick, lift his stick, or you know put a body on him, anything to disrupt him. And that's the difference right there. Minnesota, you know, moves their feet to play defense, and they get sticks in lanes and get their stick in front of the flyer sticks and it nullified basically every chance that the flyers were able to muster tonight. Um, I guess the main thing I really just want to talk about tonight uh, and before I'll, I don't have a lot. I, I really don't. I wanted to say the thing I was encouraged by the, by the, uh, by the Simmons line early, but then that dissipated after two, three shifts. Um, I got to that. Uh, there's something that's got to be done about the second power play. If Yuri Laterra is on your second power play unit, you don't have a second power play unit. You might as well just leave the first line out there. I cannot believe Dave Haxtell can't think of something to do with Travis Sanheim rather than put Yuri Laterra on the ice. What's he have? One point? Does Yuri Laterra have just one point this season? I believe. Let's let's take a look at that, shall we? Yuri Laterra, I believe, only has one point. Uh, and I should have brought up the box score before I started, but those of you who watch me do this after every game know that that's just my brand now to do things uh, as I think of them. Where are you, Laterra? Yuri Laterra had nothing. He had nothing in the box score tonight. Uh, yeah, in, in now 12 games, he has one assist. That is Yuri Laterra's line. 12 games, one assist. Was it even a primary assist? I wonder. That would be that would be way too much to ask of a uh, NHL stat keeping. When was it? It was in the Edmonton game on October twenty first that he had that assist. Uh, also, his only game of the season, he wasn't even or minus. Plus, minus not a great stat, but. He's always doing nothing. That's what you can garner. Um, but that's what I uh, that's what I want to. That's my main point tonight. Now you're just seeing a team that cannot score has no secondary scoring whatsoever uh, behind the Giroux, Couturier, uh, Voracek line. They they have no score. Um, one of Vecchioni, Limblom, or Danik Martel have to be better than Weiss, Laterra, and the forgotten man, Matt Reed, in the press box. Um, these team, this team can't score. These guys are scoring in the AHL. Hextall signed Mike Vecchioni. He signed Danique Martel. He drafted Oscar Lindblom. If he doesn't think that one of these guys is better 
than the players he's trotting out there who are giving you nothing. Philpola is giving you nothing. Weiss is giving you nothing. Uh, like, at least Konechny has the puck on his stick sometimes. Konechny's not scoring, but at least he's trying out there. And with the way these lines are set up, what's he supposed to do? I, I, you, you might as well just play with 10 forwards at this point. I when, They need Nolan Patrick back in the worst way, and it's not like Nolan Patrick was setting the world on fire uh, before he got hurt, but at least he's got ability. At least he knows where the net is. I've seen him make a pass, and it, it reached the guy it's intended for. Uh, this team is so bloody boring. I, I, they are incapable of scoring. And then you look down at the AHL, they have guys who could come in and do a better job. I guarantee it. I guarantee if they gave Martel or Limblom or Vecchioni a shot in place of one of these basically replacement-level players that they have in Weiss, Laterra, and now even I'll throw Philpola into that mix. What's Philpola giving you? And I've been a Philpola defender. I liked bringing him in. I thought it was a savvy move to get a to get like a veteran two-way center, can play some wing, uh, you know, playoff experience, all that jazz. thought it was a savvy move to get him as part of the strike trade. Um, but what's he giving you? I, 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 can only, I can only stand by the game for so long. Uh, let's, let's, take a look at, uh, let's take a look at these some of these Phantoms players' stats here that I'm talking about uh, bringing up uh, and compare them. Let's see the old player stats here. Yeah, Martel, 14 goals, 5 assists in 15 games. Vecchioni, 2 goals, 11 assists in 15 games. Uh, Oscar Lindblom, 3 goals, 6 assists in 15 games. Uh, like what, what are we waiting for? What is the point of waiting? You signed Vecchioni. Vecchioni, if they don't, dra- if they don't jump up in the... Uh, if they don't jump up in the in the draft lottery, Vecchioni's on this team. So, what are what's the wait about here? What is the point of waiting to see? Like, oh, the Phantoms need to win. Is that what we're going to rely on again? That old chestnut? Like, I just I don't know what we're waiting for. Why did you bring these guys in? Why did you sign Vecchioni? Why did you sign Martel? Why did you draft Limblom? If you're not going to use them. They have to be better. There's no other way to to express myself other than those guys just have to be better than that. Uh, and Nolan Patrick, I assume, uh, could be making his comeback as soon as Thursday against Winnipeg. That would be a nice boost um, if he's in shape. If he's uh, if he's 100% ready to go, that would be awesome. It'll be, uh, you know. At least there'll be one more guy worth watching. That's the other part about Philpola, about Weiss, about Laterra. They're giving you nothing. And what's the point of playing? They have no factor in this team's future. They will not be a part of this organization in the long term. They, there's a chance two of them at least aren't part of this team next season. Uh, Grant, I know Latera's got one more year on his deal, and Weiss has two, but uh, Philpola might get traded at the deadline. If not, he won't be resigned. What's the point of resigning him? Uh, Weiss has been a waste of space. Even Dave Haxtell doesn't want to use Dale Weiss. That, like, he plays him so little. It, it, you can see he doesn't want to use him. And if Dave Haxtell doesn't want to use you, uh, what's what's the GM looking at? Uh, 
Yuri Laterra is supposed to be the extra forward on this team. That's he's supposed to be the extra guy just hanging around. But because of the because of the Nolan Patrick injury and everything, he's been forced into service. But he's terrible. Do I even have anything else to get to? Brian Elliott got a. You know, Brian Elliott, I, I I liked the signing. I thought he was a good stopgap signing, and he was up and down to start the year. And when he was bad, oof, he was terrible. But he is uh, – Elliott has really been uh, – Kevin Staub says right here, he's been the only bright spot on the team right now. Uh, 100% agree. And that's what's so uh, – Philpola is worse than Umberger. No, no one's worse than Umberger. That, um, that little stretch of, of Umberger – uh, was the worst I've ever seen a hockey player play, I think. Uh, no one's worse than Umberger. But Philpel has given you very little. Um, what the hell was I talking about? Uh, Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott, uh, for a team that has so desperately needed just competent goaltending, I, I said it on Broad Street Hockey Radio on Monday again this week, last night, um, as bad as the Flyers were and as many holes as they have, if they just get – competent goaltending for like three quarters of the season they're in the playoffs last year so you're bringing Elliot just to be the stabilizing force you're not asking to be a superstar you didn't sign Elliot thinking oh yeah Vezina contender he signed a two-year deal because the Flyers are hoping one of their goalie prospects is here in two years and you know you have Neuver and Elliot signed to basically the exact same contract and they will be here for these two seasons to be the stop gaps um for a team that's so desperately needed competent goaltending over the last uh, over the last couple of seasons, leave me alone. No, I don't want to update right now. I'm in the middle of something. App Store, get out of here. Leave me be. Jesus, like it can't tell I'm busy. Like you know they're spying on you. They know you're busy, and they're like, oh, update now. No, talking to the people. My Facebook Live friends, my post game invisible friends that I talk to myself at. Uh, are hanging out with me right now. All right. Move Claude to D. Yeah, why not? Why not? He's got to be better than Brandon Manning. Brandon Manning with those uh with those 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 one timers and those slap shots from the point with uh with no traffic in front whatsoever. Great. I guess he's just hoping for uh offensive zone face off. I I don't know. That's I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Elliot. The fact that they're unable to now capitalize on the strong goaltending he's giving them when all they needed uh, in recent seasons, especially just last year and to start this season, was some competent goaltending. Uh, it's really, really disheartening to see they can't get this guy a goal. They can't, in back-to-back -back games, get him a goal. Um, what has he done? I want to find his... Uh, I guess I'll start with his game tonight and move backwards. Brian Elliott. Uh, Elliott stopped 17 of 18, which he didn't even have a huge workload tonight. Uh, that first shot of the game went in on it was a bad turnover by uh, by Provorov in the corner. And then Haig and whoever the forward crashing downward did absolutely nothing to uh, to stop the shot. So Elliott stopped 17 of 18 tonight. Um, last game, he stopped 26 of 27. Chicago on November 9th, he stopped 38 of 39. Chicago on the 1st, he stopped 32 of 34. So that's one, two, three, four games in a row. 
And one, two, three, four of his, and yeah, one, two, three, four, five, five of his last six games, he's been really good. Uh, so it's it's just if they can't capitalize on this kind of goaltending, what's going to happen when he goes into a lull again? Because he's a streaky goaltender, it's going to happen. If he plays like this through the rest of the season, I will be elated. I will be saying, get him signed to an extension as soon as July first comes up. Um, but if they can't capitalize on this kind of goaltending, I'm really starting to question what I think this team can be. Granted, I do believe that at uh, around the new year, this could be uh, this team can round into form as a playoff team. I expect um, the young guys to really start stepping up after, say, the Christmas break around the new year. I expect. Um, you know, them to get a little healthier around after after Christmas and everything. Just everyone start to get in the flow. Everyone just start to get comfortable in their roles. And I can see, because of the, the turnover and the new guys and everything, I can see this being a playoff team that makes a great push, you know, in the second half of the season. But, man, these are points you can pack. Your goalie is keeping you in every game right now, and you just can't you just can't capitalize. And that's really all I had for tonight's game, just uh, the difference in uh, Minnesota's ability to challenge shots and take away scoring chances compared to what the Flyers did, especially it was glaring comparing how the Flyers allowed the one goal that Niederreiter scored um, versus what Minnesota did. Every time the Flyers had a, a, a chance in the slot or to make a nice pass across the ice, really anything, just the, taking away time and space. The Flyers, uh, the Wild took away the Flyers' time and space all night and just they couldn't get a shot, a, a good quality, decent chance um, without, you know, stick on stick or puck getting deflected over into the into the netting, whatever. It just, just wasn't there. And then when you see the Flyers, the uh, it's that gap control we talk about. It was just a little bit of a difference there. But, again, they only allowed 18 shots on net. It's not like the defense and the team – and when I say defense, it's not just the six guys who are called defensemen. It's team defense. They only allowed 18 shots tonight. That's a game you got to win. You go on the road and allow 18 shots, you better win that game. But, no, uh, they were unable. So now I want to start talking. Uh, to you guys, take some of your questions. Um, we'll see how long this goes. We're at like 18 minutes right now. I don't have a ton. Like I said, uh, just one of them games that just frustrates the hell out of you. I, don't, I didn't have a ton of points to make, so let's just see what you guys have. Um, Wheel, no NHL experience taking open and face off and uh, coughs it up in the defensive zone when one of the best lines in the league sits on the bench. Bad coach. That was a weird move to have uh, them. <coughs> excuse me. To have uh, to have that line start. I think it might have been Wheel. Um, it was crashing down on Niederreiter, but I'm not completely sure. I haven't seen a replay of the goal only when it happened live. Um, there was also a point where. The Flyers forced an icing, and the Wild were dead tired, had to stay out on the ice. Flyers have the offensive zone faceoff, and Hackstall comes out with the fit with the Philpola line. What You have one of the best lines in hockey <laughs> sitting right there, and they hadn't just been out on a shift. 
They were sitting right there, and you decide to go with the Philip line? No. It's not time. That's not the opportunity in a one-goal game. Oh, let's see if we can get them going with an offensive zone shift. That's not the time. Now it's let's tie this game. Let's get our best line out there and go from there. Let's tie this game right here. But I thought that was a really, really questionable coaching decision that Hackstall made tonight. All right, let's get to some more of your questions. Our team is too small. Uh, yeah, they're just not – I don't know. I just don't want Hack part of this anymore. He's not the solution at head coach. Seen enough, not all his fault, but he certainly hasn't and isn't helping whatsoever. I don't know what a coach can do when your team can't score. Uh, like, Hackstall didn't sign – listen, I like Ron Hextall and his drafting has been very good. But – Dave Hackstall, you know, didn't sign Dale Weiss to a four-year deal. He's not the one keeping Lindblom and Vecchioni in the minors. This is this is not the coach. That's the GM. This is, you know, he he's not the one who's saying, you know, we have to have Valtteri Filppula. The coach can only play who the GM gives him. Granted, do I think this coach is good? No. I say all the time most coaches stink. Hackstall probably stinks. I want to see more what he is when this team is what it's supposed to be. Do I think he's the coach that's going to take him to a cup? Probably not. But at this point right now, I don't think the coach matters. Maybe if they were to make a change, it would just be one of those um, change for change's sake uh, that could fire up the team at least short term. But if there's no one else, you know, better really out there, I I don't know what they're looking for in a coach. I don't know. Who knew the offensive glue to this team is Andrew McDonald? You know, the more I watch of this team without Andrew McDonald, the less – I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I do believe, though, we are seeing a little bit of what they believe uh, McDonald's value to be. Uh, this team – it does just they, – they just turn the puck over, and they just have – they seem to have less poise without McDonald in the lineup. It's not like McDonald was, like, you know, allergic to turnovers. He had plenty uh, himself. I don't know. I just – maybe we're just drawing you – know, trying to draw conclusions. But uh, I feel like the team is more poised when McDonald is around. I, I don't know. Maybe he should be the head coach. Maybe Andrew McDonald should be the head coach. Maybe – Andrew McDonald is the Doug Peterson. Terrible player, great coach. Uh, I think this is going to be my thing now. I think this is what I'm going to go with. So, David Manning, you are one of my uh, one of the best Twitter followers I've got, and you've also sparked the idea in my head that Andrew McDonald needs to be the head coach of this team. So, uh, all right, this is what we're going with. This is going to be my thing. This is going to be my Vert to Vegas thing for the rest of the year, Andrew McDonald for head coach. Um Now every team is going to play the Flyers like the Wild did, which they picked up from the Devils. I don't know if every team is capable of playing the Flyers the way the Devils did. Um, it's a lot like the way the Rangers played the Flyers when uh, Drew and yeah, when Drew was kind of at his height. Um, nonstop pressure, time, and space. It's just uh, some teams just don't have enough confidence in their team speed to uh to pressure and to uh you know be on top of the forwards the way the wild did tonight and they did the other night. Chris Vandevelde had six goals last season. Will Ralph will Raffle and Lear combine total six goals this year? Uh yes they will. They will eventually get something going. 
Mason is going to shut us out on Thursday, isn't he? It would be on brand if he did. I can't. Is he even going to play? Teams usually like to do that, but Mason, last I checked, was not playing well. Um, the one goal was Elliott's fault. I don't know how you came to that conclusion when there was a turnover and bad coverage and it was the first shot of the game. Um, they didn't get manhandled tonight, Kevin. They didn't get manhandled tonight. They 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 played with Minnesota. They couldn't get pucks to the net. They are unable to get pucks to the net. That's They, they didn't get manhandled. Uh, someone already tweeted it, but that has to be the fastest game-winning goal in history, right? 12 seconds into the game. You would think it's way up there. Uh, God damn it. I wish I can't keep up with this. All right. We'll be so far behind by Christmas that we won't have a shot. That's not the way the NHL works. They're going to be around 500. Um, can Hexy send Philip Weiss and Letaire, Wheel, Weiss, and Letaire down to the Phantoms? He can. Weiss is fine. Wheel is fine right now. He's not one of your issues. Uh, I got to scroll down because I'm just getting crushed here. Patrick may not have been putting up a ton of points, but his absence shows just how much uh, his absence hurt this forward group. It throws everything out of whack. No, that's very true. Uh, Philpola looked serviceable in his role as, like, the third center. Um, he and Patrick were just kind of your two middle six centers. Now that Philpola is obviously your second center until they tried this wheel experiment, uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just – it shows the lack of depth. It just – it's – you have guys in roles that they uh, – they're one step too far for their role. Um, awful attempt at five-hole was closed. Yeah, that Dale Weiss breakaway, I, I don't know what he was looking at, but, I like, I don't know. It's Weiss. What did, he wasn't going to make a move. Sometimes you just shoot five-hole, I guess. I like Lappy. Is he ready to coach? Uh, probably not. I, 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 what do you like about LaPerriere? Their penalty kill has been bad, and that's what he's been in charge of. He got hit in the head with a puck a couple of times, so I don't want him teaching how to block shots, I'll tell you that. Uh, do you see the Flyers bouncing back and opening the floodgates, or or is November going to be a struggle? I I see a lot. There are positive signs. That's – I. Like, I expect at some point Wayne Simmons is going to get going again, which means the power play will get going and Nolan Patrick will come back and the young kids will begin to develop into more of the players we expect them to be. I see positives brewing. I just – I can't come on here after every game and say, Travis Konechny is going to break out next game. It's going to happen. He's going to have a three-point game and then we'll be off to the races. When is that three-point game coming? Because he so badly needs it. He just needs one. He just needs the one, and then it'll get going for him. When Latera was traded, Blues fans were literally laughing in our faces because he's that bad, and old hack has him on the power play. Yeah, that's because Blues fans didn't understand the trade. Latera wasn't really brought in here to play, and Hextall said as much. 
He said Laterra's coming off of a bad year. Uh, we had to bring on his salary to get two first-round picks for Braden Shen. You, can't, you wanted to get the value for Shen. You wanted to get Morgan Frost, which they did. And you wanted to get his 5.1 for three more years off the books. Uh, you know, Guys like Wayne Simmons, guys like Ivan Provorov are going to need contract extensions in two years. Um, that is when Yuri Laterra comes off the books. Shen has an extra year that Laterra doesn't. So it's all, it's all, it was a lot like the, um, the Umberger Hartnell trade, which everyone killed him for, but financially it made sense. And this financial, this was a financially motivated trade. You think you saw the best of Braden Shen, what he was going to be. And you decided two first round picks for Braden Shen was worth getting his money off the books. That's what, that's what you thought. Uh, that's what Ron Hextall made that trade for. Uh, Simmons is playing hurt. Hopefully with Patrick, they can make a wheel Patrick Konechny line for a boost. Uh, wheel Patrick Konechny would be fun. Wheel Patrick Simmons, because Wheel and Simmons like to play together. Uh, they have they have some options if Konechny or if um, if Patrick comes back and he's uh, he's good to go uh, right away to take on that kind of to take on that kind of role. Uh, the one goal was his fault. He is in the net. He needs to be ready at all times. Uh, okay, I'm just telling you it wasn't his fault. I don't know what you were looking at. You can't turn the puck over and allow a pass, an undefended pass into the slot. That's going to be a goal every time. It doesn't matter who the goalie is. Uh, this team is garbage right now. They're not good. Uh, they've re- reverted the point shots a lot in the last two games. They do that when they're at their worst. Um, they've reverted the point shots. It wasn't so much prominent tonight as it was on uh when was the last game saturday but it's mostly at a necessity every time they got the puck into the slot tonight uh the wild took it away it was a clog the slot uh, it was a clog the slot mentality for the wild and their gap control is excellent they are able to get stick on puck Every single time the Flyers had a uh, – every single time the Flyers were about to muster an actual scoring chance. So it was uh, it was kind of out of necessity that they've done that. It's a team uh, – the second period, the Flyers had some good chances. They just weren't able to convert. That was the biggest issue. Uh, Haxtell is worse than Terry Murray. Well, yeah, Terry Murray got them to a Stanley Cup final. Terry Murray is a fine coach. Uh, that's how smart Hack is. I don't know what that's in referred to. Are you in a padded room? As a Flyers diehard, or I understand this is my new broadcast. Uh, it's my new broadcast blanket fort. Basically, it's really, really improved the sound quality of our um, of our paid content, especially the Patreon shows, the um, the uh, All NHL show, yelling about sports, all that stuff that's available on the BSH Radio uh, subscription site. Uh, this has really helped improve the uh, the sound quality over there. Why won't Travis Konechny shoot? That is a great question, Rick. Um, he's a natural playmaker, but, man, when you're passing into traffic and your target is Philpola or Weiss, uh, take the shot, man. Take the shot. This is a team just waiting for a bounce. Try to create that bounce. Hope to get lucky. Just take your best shot. Shoot your shot, kid. Uh, I, I don't know. I it's like they're trying so hard. Like they think if we just make one pretty play, all the pretty plays will open up. No, you just need to open up the scoring in any way imaginable. If you can pick up the puck off the ice with your gloved hand and throw it into the net at this point, do that. Um, I just 
I, I just don't I just don't understand this whole team's mentality with shooting sometimes. But it, it's been it's been obvious with Travis Konechny the last couple nights. Like uh, maybe he has a wrist injury and he can't shoot. I don't know because he just needs to fire the puck. Uh, what's his firing the coach change with tonight? I don't like Haxtell as much as everyone else, but it comes down to players not producing. No, absolutely. That's exactly how I feel. Um, there's plenty to criticize Haxtell about, but he doesn't score the goals. The guys on the ice need to score the goals. There's nothing the coach can do if the team just won't score. Uh, watch Mason shut us out on Thursday, and the Jets are playing very well. The Jets are playing well. Uh, we own Connecting haven't scored since the end of October. I don't think anyone except the top line has scored since the end of October. Should we consider moving a young asset for scoring? What is the point of that? Um, do you believe if the Flyers go and get James Neal, they will become Stanley Cup contenders? I'm all for at some point making a trade, but what's it do? What's it do now is my question. Uh, Martel, Limblom, Vecchioni, Albe Kubel, all having quality AHL seasons. One may bring some energy. Absolutely. I want at least one of those guys up. Uh, Matt Reed started the year in the AHL, so you can easily send him back, send Weiss back, send Laterra back, anybody, uh, and then just bring up at least one of these guys that have to be better than what you're getting out of, uh, out of, out of you know, Laterra, Philpola, Weiss, any of them. Someone to bring a spark. Hopefully Patrick comes back into the lineup on Thursday uh, and is able to give them a spark, but literally anyone down in the AHL would give you more than those guys are giving you right now. Uh, Laterra was the throw-in. Yeah, he was. I do like Morgan Frost and our other first-rounder, and Isaac Ratcliffe is big, but Shen would be nice to have right now. Sure, but Shen wouldn't be playing with Jaden Schwartz and Vladimir Tarasenko if he was a Philadelphia Flyer right now. Remember that as well. And they didn't like him at center. They never believed him to be a center. Um, although I don't believe they ever thought Wheel was a center, and they tried that tonight. So maybe they are regretting the trade a little bit. But I, I don't think these problems are solved by Braden Shen. I, you know, he's a nice player, but he, he's replaceable. Limblom has really turned his season around. He's doing well. Yeah, Limblom, um, Limblom was had no points in his first six games, and in what is nine games since then, I think he has like eight or nine points. So he's doing he's doing really well. Moran healthy yet? Time for him to come up. Um, I believe he's going to play this weekend. I believe that's what I read. That Sam Moran is just about ready to go for them, as is Phil Myers. But I don't think they're uh, all that interested in calling him up at the current time. And I don't know what Sam Moran does for your scoring issues. Right now, the defense is fine. This team isn't giving up a ton of goals. They need to score goals. Uh, I, I need I need some forwards up. I need some forwards up here because we Slatera, Philpola, Reed. These guys aren't getting it done. They're just hanging around. Um. Will we hide Moran in the Myers once he's back and playing full steam? Probably for the time being. Uh, firing hack now would stop my rage when I see his blank stare towards the camera after giving up a goal. I... 
Too much passing. Shoot. Now, I, I do believe that this team needs to just – when you can't buy a goal, you need to put pucks on net. I mean, you have a guy like Wayne Simmons. Give him a chance, and you give Wayne Simmons a chance by getting the initial shot towards the net. Let him deflect one. Let him bang home a rebound. Let him take away the goalie's eyes. You need to, uh, you need to just get some of these guys going. Expected goals tonight, Philly 2.96, Minnesota 1.52. Yeah, they they played right with Minnesota tonight, no doubt. They only allowed 18 shots on net. Um, they need to score, though. These expected goals are fun, and um, it, it's all well and good that these numbers are there, and you think, oh, okay, they'll bounce back. But when you get shut out by the same team two games in a row, uh, the expected goals mean nothing to me because you know what I expect? Them not to score, because they haven't. It was his fault, dude. You have no clue, bro. I've played ice hockey since I was nine and still play at 42. You're just a voice with no background whatsoever. Yeah, I didn't play hockey. You're right. You're right, Jason. I never played. You're listening to me, though. What's your show called, Jason? What is Jason Isaac's show called? I would love to listen to Jason Isaac's show. What is it about? Uh, who, who, wh What station it is on? Who carries it? Who are your advertisers? I would love to know what Jason Isaac does. You clearly have these, these great opinions that uh, people value and really want to hear. So maybe, just maybe, Jason, you should log off and start your own show. Need to get your stream over 360 if possible. I don't know what that means. Hey, we have a hockey player here, guys. He plays men's league. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, I like to play men's league too, man. I love drinking during the week. It's so much fun, you know. But I got to do this so I can't get drunk on uh, on Tuesdays with, with the Wolf Pack when I got to hang out with my friends on Facebook. Uh, Landis Cog for Moran Neuvert. Bring up one of the kids back up, Elliot. I, why would they do that? Why? <laughs> what? And look at what they just got for Duchesne, and they're gonna for for a backup goalie and like our a defenseman we don't think enough of to play in the NHL. Uh, if they don't turn things around by January, what happens next? Will Hexy blow it up? Blow what up? That's I mean. He's had this slow and steady approach. That's the thing. It's frustrating for us, but he's not – he's the one who doesn't have Lindblom here. He's the one who doesn't have Moran here. He's the one who thinks that, you know, this team needs to take a slow and steady approach. He's the one that traded Braden Shen, you know, a mid-20s goal scorer for two first-round picks. So I he's the one who brought in a goalie uh, to make exactly as much as the backup goalie. Uh, on a two-year stopgap deal. I think this is a 500 team that will get better in the second half, and that's what I think he thinks this team is. But um, blow it up, blow what up. You can't move uh, You can't move Giroux. You can't move Voracek. Couturier's here long term. Uh, would they trade Wayne Simmons? I don't know. Beyond that, what, like Gudis? Is Gudis blowing it up? I A call-up would do much more, would have much more impact than a trade. Mostly, if nothing happens, they can go back and it's no impact to the salary cap. Yeah, I want to see a call-up. One, because I think these guys, uh, um, 
I think these guys can help. And two, because, you know, what's the worst that could happen? I'm kind of overclawed as a captain. What's that mean? Like, why? Who, like, what do you think a letter on a guy's sweater has to do with what happens on the ice? Brian Elliott can be playing great, but he will always give up that goal that makes the difference in the game with his style. He is not a stand-up challenging goalie, for he is uh, – there are no stand-up goalies anymore. It's over. Braden Shen is 26 years old, coming off 47, 55, 52-point seasons. And comparing that to other guys of that cap hit, he's probably at the top. So what was the point to trade him for a bum to save a year on cap space? He's got 22 points in 19. They didn't trade him for Yori Laterra. I don't know how many times I can explain this. They traded him for two first-round picks. To make the trade work, because there's a salary cap, they took back a guy in Yuri Laterra, who has a similar cap hit. Shen's at 5.1, and Laterra's at 4.7. That said, Laterra has two years left on his deal, while Shen has three. So you get a year of savings where you're able to go out and improve your team earlier, or give a contract to, say, Ivan Provorov, whose deal is up in two years and will command a large salary. Okay. Moran's supposed to play tomorrow. Okay, so he's going to be back. I knew it was soon. Uh, who would have thought that defense and goaltending wouldn't be our problem? Scoring depth is the problem. No, that's absolutely true. The team is giving up very few goals per game. They are, uh, last I checked, they were top five in goals against per game. The defense and the goaltending are fine. They need to score. You are not going... If Brian Elliott pitches a, a shutout tonight, it goes to a shootout. Like, you can't win a game 0-0. Tim Kerr right now is probably faster than Weiss. Yeah, Weiss was supposed to be a guy who can play with a little bit of speed, but I haven't seen that uh, recently either. Um, Where are we? Jason Isaacs, I don't need a show. Obviously, you're doing so good on on here. Everyone agrees with your opinions. Uh, yeah, you just you're you, you you're doing you, man. Keep up the good work. Uh, just gonna scroll down here because I'm getting lost in the comments. My main issue with Shen deal is trading production now for the hope to get meaningful and equal production uh, sometime five years from now. Frost won't be on this team for at least another three years. Uh, that you don't know that Frost could be on this team next year. That's you don't know that Frost right now is uh, half of his goal total from last season already. Uh, he could be a guy who shoots up the boards. You have no idea. Uh, they got him around the same spot as um, you got him around the same spot as you got Travis Konechny, who made the team a year after he was drafted. So you have no idea when these guys are going to make the team. Why is Simmons not scoring like he should be in this slump? Uh, Simmons has always been a streaky goal scorer, but right now he's playing hurt. Uh, Ron Hextall um, confirmed that earlier, I guess maybe Saturday's practice. Uh, he said, yeah, he's, he's definitely dealing with something physical. Uh-huh. All things considered, how did anyone expect anything – 
different than what we are seeing. The rookies are playing well. The talented veterans are playing very well despite Simmer's injuries. And the rest of the roster is what we expected. Crap. We knew it would be two to three years before we will contend. Just enjoy watching the young players develop. Relax. Uh that's that's a it's it, that's fine to say on the off days, but after one zero losses, it's still frustrating. I understand your point, Ryan, and it is a good point. What did we expect? I do still kind of expect this team to be able to make the playoffs with a second half run, just because of uh, because of what I see the young talent could become, and how if this first line continues to do what it did uh, to start the season, and if some other things, just a couple of things, come around, and the goaltending keeps up uh, the way it has. Say Sanheim starts uh, really getting involved in the offense, stuff like that. Uh, I I can see this team making a run. Ten ten game drought for Simmons since twenty thirteen. Um, hmm. His droughts are often like five to seven games. I haven't. Uh, you guys, it's probably um. It's probably they probably are talking about it on the on the uh, Comcast or whatever it is now NBC Sports post game. Uh, they'll probably have the numbers on how long it's been since Simmons had a, a ten game slump. But this is a little longer. Usually, I, I was when I uh, when we used to do the Sons of Penn show. There were like three different times he had like a five or seven game goal drought, and I was just able to say, "Hey, he's scoring tonight." And then he would, and I was yes, because I've written the article like five different times about uh, Simmons scoring slumps and when they snap, how long they tend to be. They're usually around five to seven games. Uh, ten is concerning, but again, he's playing through injuries, and it's just it's the guy he is. If they didn't have all these other injuries, guys to their leadership group, like even though we don't think he factors in, Andrew McDonald is part of the leadership group. Uh, he's out of there. Nolan Patrick's out of there. Redco Gudis was out of there. Wayne Simmons has taken it upon himself to play through this because he feels that he can. Uh, he's not producing right now, and that's a problem. That's a real problem because you're counting on him for 30 goals. You have Wayne Simmons. you got to pencil him in for 30 goals. And when your number one goal scorer isn't scoring and you go, where the hell's the scoring depth? Well, that's it right there. Uh, so it's, it's concerning, but. What's the excuse for a lack of four check? Uh, I don't know. They, they don't really. They're trying to have the controlled entries and really get it going, but they haven't been able to sustain anything. Um, I thought the fourth line had a couple of shifts tonight where they're really able to sustain a uh, a good four check, but other than that, I, I don't really I don't have an excuse for it. I think we all agree Latero was a throw-in, but he's playing on the second-team power play. That is the problem I have with. Yeah, I, that's an issue, and I believe they have to figure something out to have Sanheim in that group. But um, the thing is, Latero has experience at center, and Nolan Patrick's out. So on that, on that, uh, on, in that second group, they like to have two centers out there. Uh, that's that's just what they're going with right now. It's absolutely asinine, if you ask me, but. Jory Letera is not even supposed to be in the lineup. He's supposed to be your 13 forward this year. It's the Patrick injury, and it's the reluctance to call up anybody from the AHL that I have the biggest problem with. Uh... 
off topic thoughts on survivor series and takeover war games i uh, can't wait for war games like my saturday is built around war games uh the flyers play at f- what what uh the flyers play Saturday at 1 against Calgary. So that's perfect. I thought it was a 4 o'clock game for some reason. Yeah, but the Flyers play at 1. So uh, my Saturday is built around the war games. And then Survivor Series, looking forward to it. Uh, AJ Lesnar is going to be awesome. That'll be really cool. Uh, You know, they did a good job of considering Survivor Series is a – they're building it now as like a non-traditional pay-per-view. It's Raw versus SmackDown without any real – like titles on the line or anything like that. It's a, uh, they had the build with the, you know, the invasions of the shows and everything. They've done a good job building a, uh, a non-traditional pay-per-view, which is, which is odd for them. They usually do a poor job of building pretty much everything, but war games cannot wait on Saturday to see that. Uh, I, I expect that, uh, I expect that cage match to be the best match um, NXT has ever done. And that's saying something they've done some just friggin' ridiculous shit over there. Um, you also don't know if Frost is going to be a buster adapt to the NHL. You had legitimate NHL production with Shen. Got to look at it both ways. Sure, but they never felt that they wanted to move forward with Shen, given the salary he was commanding. And again, he would not be playing with Tarasenko and Schwartz here. That's not what they were doing. They thought of him as a winger, and as a winger, they thought of him as replaceable. And so they replaced him. I don't see what Braden Shen would fix on this team. Maybe the power play would still be good. I, I don't know if that's the case with Wayne Simmons injured, though. Still early in the season, why can't we sit Simmons until you can do something sustainable on the ice? Uh, I think if the rest of the team was healthy, Simmons would be sitting. But you had the injuries I mentioned earlier. Ghost missed some time. Uh, It was just so much that he decided uh, he had to play through it. And I guess it was not severe enough that the team said, hey, man, it's fine. Take some time off. Um, They felt they needed him on the ice. I mean – if Simmons is taking time off, um, you are looking at a lineup that has Laterra, Weiss, and Reed in it. And no thank you. Laterra is more than likely gone once Patrick returns. Yeah, unless they really want to bench Dale Weiss or do something asinine. Uh, I don't know if they want to do something asinine. You know. Who knows, though, it's hack. Uh, unless they really feel like they need to get Weiss out of the lineup, uh, Laterra is more than likely the odd man out. Um, more trust the process. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of... We are number three in NHL face-off percentage. Is that a positive surprise? <sighs> face-off percentage is, I don't know. It's Special teams face-offs are huge. Uh, if you can win a power play faceoff cleanly to get set up right away, huge deal. But I don't know how big it is to win 53 instead of 47% of your face. Like, like what's the difference? Overall, faceoff percentage, I think, is a bit of an overblown stat. Like, it's just the numbers are so tight. Like, what is 52%? What does that, like, okay, it's even. You know, that's even. Do we have even a chance to make the playoffs and at least get past the first round? I don't know about getting past the first round with the way the uh, with the way the playoffs are formatted, but um, I see this team 
has the potential, if the first line keeps doing what it's doing, if Brian Elliott keeps doing what it's doing, if the team defense holds up, and some scoring comes from somewhere, some secondary scoring uh, from Nolan Patrick, from Travis Konechny, from Jordan Wheel, from Wayne Simmons, uh, from someone they call up, like a Limblom or a Vecchioni. Let me try that again. A Limblom or a Vecchioni or, uh, or a Danny Martell. If they get some secondary scoring, yeah, I believe this team could make a second-half surge and get into the playoffs. But winning a round, it, it depends on the matchup and – um, you know, how healthy they are at the time and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> uh, what else do we have here? Frost is, has to be besides himself with envy, watching what an advantageous position Konechny is being put in. Uh, that's the comment of the night right there. That is absolutely the comment of the night. If Limblom continues to score for another month, when does Hexy call him up? Um, I always expected um, Limblom to be up right after Christmas. That has been my prediction through the season, and I very desperately want somebody right now, but I will stick to it and say right after Christmas. I have the schedule in front of me. Uh, they play the 22nd, 23rd, off the 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th. At Florida, at Tampa Bay, the 28th, 29th. So, uh, yeah, let's say right then. Let's say December 28th at Florida. Uh, I think Oscar Lindblom makes his NHL debut. Now I just had a shot of Captain down my throat. Cheers. Don't do shots of spiced rum, man. That's That's not cool. I mean... Hey, who am I to judge? But don't do shots of spiced rum. That's if not Sandheim, use Lawton a raffle on the second power play. I hate that they clearly refuse to use a fourth liner on the power play. Uh, we've been talking about that some on BSH Radio. Uh, I would like to see Lawton get a shot, but I really would like uh, Sandheim just because I feel like his um, overall value is diminished if you're not using him on the power play. It's one of the things uh, he's good at, you know. Um, but we talk about it on uh, in terms of Lawton. We've been talking about it on the show pretty much all season. Um, they just spent – the Flyers organization as a whole spent last season um, basically breaking down and remolding Scott Lawton, telling him you're not going to play on the power play. You are a grinder. You are a fourth liner. You are a role player. And then they give him um, power play time. would just be like, oh, well, we were wrong. So uh, they got him in the in the mold and in the mindset they want him in right now. Um, but, yeah, he's got to be better than Yuri Laterra, right? Right. There was a Gudis T-shirt uh, going around with the butcher on it last year. I saw a few people wearing it at games this year and last. Uh, yeah, I have that shirt. Actually, Charlie O'Connor got me that shirt for Christmas because he knows I love Radko Gudis. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, have a good night, Bill. Thanks for doing these. Anytime, Ryan. Um, I think the whole Shen deal backlash is a prime example of hindsight bias. Yeah, absolutely. This is a team struggling to score right now. And granted, Braden Chen scores goals. But um, if they had drafted Eli Tolvan, and no one would be complaining. That's the other issue, as is you see Tolvan and uh, tearing it up over, where is he, Russia? And you're like, oh, shit. 
really wanted him. And the graphic came up on the screen, like the Flyers drafted him. But Morgan Frost is playing very well right now. He's he's really having a productive season, and uh, he could very well make this team next season. Um, Hextall doesn't just make first-round picks to make them. Like, he traded Braden Shen because – he felt that this was the right move. And while I question a lot of things Hextall does, his drafts have been pretty good. His drafts have been pretty good. I'll give him that. Uh, do you think we should tank for the top pick in the draft next year? No, because tanking doesn't work. Uh, use your scouts to get the uh, best players available and build a team that way. Tanking doesn't work uh, the way it does in other sports. Um, there's no... If there's no, you know, Carson Wentz, if there's no uh, Ben Simmons, you know, it's not it's not the same. And there's no Austin Matthews. There's no Connor McDavid. Those guys, you're hearing their names from the time they were 16 years old. Yes, they're generational talents. It is very much worth tanking for one of those guys. But with the way the lottery works and everything, it's just not a uh, – doesn't have the benefit. Just play your game, hope to get lucky. Look at what happened to the Flyers. They – they didn't tank last year. Did they make the playoffs? No, but they played out the string and they moved from 13 to 2. So, yeah. Take the best guy available, build through volume, and they have a ton of volume right now. You try and sit Simmons. Not going to happen. That's I, that's that's probably a part of it. Like, imagine Dave Haxtall going to be like, we're sitting you down, big fella. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. At least give Martell or Limblom a three-game shot and send stagnant Reed down. Can't hurt at this point. Yeah, that's my like. If you have Reed just sitting in the press box, I'd rather him hanging out with the AHL kids, like teaching them the ropes, showing like you know he's got a great story. Matt Reed, undrafted free agent out of college, makes his way to the NHL, is a good role player for years. Like that's a guy I would want around my AHL kids. If you're not going to play him, send him down there. Weiss and Laterra are giving you nothing. Bring up one of these kids for a tryout. Just see how it goes. You can't score. Bring up someone who can score. I... How about those Eagles? Yeah, man, they're going to crush Dallas on Sunday. I cannot wait for that. That is going to be a beating. It's going to be awesome. All right, what else do we have? Uh... Do you think the Flyers are taking losses so the Eagles don't has to have to? Asking for a friend. You know, that's a it's a great thing. Like, you see the connectivity of all the teams. It's a nice little sports community we got going on right now. Everyone's trusting the process. Everyone's on the Wentz wagon. Um, you know, maybe the Flyers are just like, we'll absorb these losses so that the Eagles can uh, can make their run finally. That's a, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, if we put you on a line with Tarasenko, you'd get 50 points. Yeah, no, it's uh, like Yuri Laterra, who we all hate and think is terrible, has produced in his career playing with Tarasenko. Uh, where did he go? Yeah, he had season. He had a he had a 44 point season uh, in 2014-15. Um, his goal production dipped after that, but I mean. 
he and like like plus twenty one, plus twelve. He like Yuri Laterra was somewhat productive, and I'm not gonna sit here and say Laterra is as good as Shen. He's not. Shen is a good player. Shen is a good hockey player. But when you look at what Laterra was able to do with Tarasenko, and then say, oh well, yeah, okay, hmm, maybe Braden Shen's a point of game player now because he's playing with the one of the five best lines in hockey. Like I, you know, Tarasenko is awesome. He's a superstar. Uh-huh. Edmonton got how many number ones, and look at them now. Tanking doesn't work. No, great point. Um, and, like, the guys who were at least even a little good for them, look how little they got for them. Um, Jordan Eberle, you get uh, what, Strom. You get Adam Larson for Taylor Hall. Like, you sign Milan Lucic, and Patrick Maroon is one of your top goal scorers. You know, you're hoping Drake Kajula turns into something. Uh, yeah, it's awesome to have Connor McDavid, and if somebody competent ever takes over that organization, um, you could build a nice team around him. But just acquiring the number one picks and all that stuff doesn't work. You just, you just kind of got to play out the string. Uh-huh. Uh, when do you think they break up the top line and try to jumpstart the offense? It's a great question, Nick, and it's what I'm going to close with. Um, you know, before the last two games, I would have said I don't care what the rest of the team is doing um, because the top line is too good. But when you have a line that is, you know, your whole offense basically at this point and you are, you are willfully um, – detracting from the scoring balance of the team by having, you know, Giroux at wing and having Couturier play between Giroux and Voracek, your two best offensive players. Um, they have to come through in situations like the last two games where you get shut out. You cannot get shut out two nights in a row. Um, I would think maybe um, get Simmons going by swapping Voracek out. Get another line going, say um, – I don't know, put Nolan Patrick with um, with like a Konechny and Voracek, something like that, if, if Patrick's going to come back on Thursday. I would like to see maybe what could happen with that. And then um, if Philpola and Wheel like to play together, it's not like they're you know, setting the world on fire or anything, but they at least have chemistry and like to play together. So then you have Philpola and Wheel with maybe a Dale Weiss. Uh, again, Weiss, I guess, stays in the lineup if Latera is coming out. But uh, – yeah, there are things you could do. I don't know how willing they are to do it, but it would be worth a shot. And you know you can always go back to it. Um, that line works, but the team isn't scoring right now as a whole, and sometimes you you have to uh, addition by subtraction. Your top line maybe won't be as good, but maybe you'll have two or three more complete lines uh, if you break them up. But I do not want to break up um, Couturier and Giroux. I want to keep them together. So I think maybe you put Simmons on that right wing and you go like a, uh, a Konechny uh, with Patrick and, and uh, Voracek, maybe something like that. I'd be willing to, uh, I'd be willing to look at uh, in terms of breaking up that top line, but I'm not, I'm just so tentative to do it because it works and you're getting what you never thought you were going to get out of Sean Couturier. And I don't want to mess with that. 
Uh-huh. All right. Trade Giroux while he still has value. I... If you think this team is tough to watch now, wait till you see him without Claude Giroux. Um, thanks for doing the show. Much appreciated. I love it, guys. It's great. Um, yeah, I guess that's... Uh, That's all the time we got for you tonight. We're over an hour now. I had a great time doing this, guys. It's uh, it's always fun to hang out, even after these shitty games, like a like a you know a three nothing loss with two empty netters coming off of a one nothing loss. Uh, you know these games are bummers, but it's always fun hang out and talk with you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. I will continue to do these as long as you are watching, and it seems like you enjoy them, so it's a win win. I love talking to you. I love talking to myself, so it all works out for everybody. Uh, I will be back. I'm pretty sure I signed up uh, to cover the uh, Thursday game against Winnipeg. Uh, yes, I do have the Thursday game against Winnipeg. So I'll be back here on Thursday to talk to you after what will probably be Steve Mason's best game of his career. Uh, so until then, uh, have a great week, everybody. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.